As the government promises to listen over reforming the NHS, we'll ask now what it is to listen. The British Library has released a recording to us this morning that's not been heard in public since the 1890s. It's a test for your ears in just a moment. I've already failed it, and you're next. The radio critic Miranda Sawyer will share the pain and pleasure of listening for a living, but we'll start with the politics. Welcome back to our programme, Peter Hennessy, who became a lord after weekly appearances on this programme during the general election campaign. Welcome. Thank you. Uh, so Andrew Lanzi says he's going to listen, and the media portrayed that as a weakness, but listening is a strength. Absolutely. Politics in an open society should be a rolling conversation between government, government, opposition, everybody. And it shouldn't be seen as a sign of weakness if somebody says we want to talk more. But it always is because of the nature of adversarial politics and because of the nature of the political press. And if you've got a so-called flag flagship piece of legislation, which this is in many ways, or was, the National Health Service changes, I've always thought that was a terrible temptation, that term, absolutely hopeless, because it invites the fire of everybody on the flagship. It makes it even more difficult. But as my one political hero once said, Clement Attlee, democracy depends upon government by discussion, but it only works if you can stop people talking. Well, let's come forward a bit from Clement Attlee to Anthony Eden. You brought a moment of him in which demonstrates how he did not listen. Exactly. Eden was the most consummate diplomat of his generation, Prime Minister in the mid-50s, and yet, with the Suez Crisis, on the area of his greatest expertise, diplomacy in the Middle East, he was determined that he alone had the answer, or with a small group of advisers. He wouldn't listen to people in his cabinet, wouldn't listen to the Americans, the bulk of the Commonwealth, or half his country, who were again the invasion in, in the, against the invasion of Egypt. But there's this amazing I'm a man of peace, very moving broadcast. But at the end of it, he says, foot down, I'm not going to listen. All my life, I've been a man of peace. Working for peace, striving for peace, negotiating for peace. And I'm still the same with the same convictions, the same devotion to peace. I couldn't be other, even if I wished, but I'm utterly convinced that the action we have taken is right. And then he took us to war, the man of peace. Within hours, the Americans pulled the plug, run on the pound sterling, threatened oil sanctions. Within three months, he was gone from number ten. Tragic. He did not listen. Neither throughout her career did Margaret Thatcher, and she made something of that in the next portion you brought in with her. She was more of a listener than we think, but on some things she knew in primary colour terms in which she spoke and thought she was right. This was Margaret as Bodicea, 1980, at her party's conference, all the economic indicators of vile and getting worse, great pressure to stop her drive for public expenditure cuts and financial controls, but she took them on as only she could. We shall not be diverted from our course. To those waiting with bated breath for that favourite media catchphrase, the U-turn, I have only one thing to say. U-turn if you want to. <laughs> the ladies not for turning. I mean, it's almost on political greatest hits, that now, but you're, you're making the point she did know how to listen, although not on the big themes, perhaps. Yes, indeed. There are one or two areas where her instinct and her formation told her she was absolutely right and the rest were faint hearts. And that was a classic example of that, and that set the mood for the first half of her premiership, or the first quarter until the Falklands War came. Again, on which she was an adamantine, straightforward, direct, we've got to do this. Almost like Martin Luther, we can do no other extraordinary woman. Nobody's neutral about her to this day. Stay with us. 
Uh, we've got a test now for your listening, Peter, and also for yours listening to us. Keep the kettle off or you'll miss it. What follows is a primitive recording made on a wax cylinder in 1894, here aired in public for perhaps the first time. It's been released to us by the British Library, and when you hear it first, the chances are, like me, you'll have no clue what it says. But then, with a nudge, all that should change the second time around. So, as we look at listening, here we go. Have a listen to this. Can you make out what's being said? Well, if you're like me, you'll have learned little or nothing other than crackle. But when I met the expert ear, Will Prentice from the British Library, he explained how to listen to it again with dramatic results. It begins with uh, someone saying, Lord Rosebery on government. And then afterwards, the first sentence is, a weak government means a weak nation behind it. Do you get that? I think I got Lord Rosebery on government. Yeah? Okay, but you didn't get the weak government bit after that. Certainly, I, I did not. I did get the first part, just as you said. Once you plant the seed in my mind... That's basically it, yeah. This um, recording was lent to us by, uh, very kindly by the great-grandson of the sound recordist, we think. We had no idea there was a recording of Lord Rosebery, if that's who it is, on the recording. We wanted to identify who it was and, of course, what the text is. I could make out maybe 50% of it when I listened to it repeatedly. I wasn't able to get beyond that. But luckily, at the British Library, as well as digitising sound, we've digitised... Um, our collection of 19th century newspapers. We have about 2 million pages of those searchable online. So by putting in some of the words I could get here from this speech into that search engine, I found the whole speech, and I found the date and the location that it was given by Lord Rosebery. And who was Lord Rosebery? He was the Prime Minister at the time, in 1894, um, and this speech was made in uh, Sheffield at the Cutler's Feast. Uh, and it was reported by the Glasgow Herald, who printed the full text, so we now, finally, have the full text of the recording. Is it him, or is it people talking about him? Well, that's a good question. We know there are cylinders of um, Gladstone from the same period, which we think, on balance, are probably not the man himself. There's someone else reading his words. And there's probably a 55% chance that this is the same, that it's probably not Lord Rosby, but it might be. And there's, of course, there's no one alive who ever heard him, so who knows? So, could I hear the cleaned-up version, and can you remind me of the sentence? Yeah, I'll warn you that it's not massively cleaned up, it is somewhat cleaned up. The first sentence is uh, an announcement made probably by someone else saying, Lord Rosebery on government. And then the first sentence of the recording is, a weak government means a weak nation behind it. Yes, I, heard, I got it. There you go. That's an extraordinary thing. You've, you've lifted the veil a bit on active listening. Good. Um, I'd like to think that everybody could uh, develop these skills. It's sort of cheating. It's not really listening. I can't work out what it is. Without the having found the written text, we would never confidently know the full recording text.